Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here, joined by my fellow Capiche crew. We're here for another weekly episode, we shorty, just to talk about what we've been watching in the lockdown, uh, what's been on our TV screens, any films, uh, things like that, or games, or anything really we've been up to from an entertainment uh, side. Uh, let's start with Fran. How are you doing? What have you been up to? God, I, I had literally muted my microphone to roll a cigarette, so you caught me at the perfect moment there. That's why I did um, You're saving my life a wee bit there, actually, by <laughs> slowing me down on the smoking. Um, yeah, so basically, um, lockdown life, I'm sitting in, in a room surrounded by stuff that I'm going to put in a van to move tomorrow. So, And Robert, who's also on this just now, he'll be helping me tomorrow. So that will be good. We'll get that done. Um, basically, recently, um, all I've really been watching is Mad Men, but I suppose I'll go into that a wee bit more later after we've all talked about how exciting lockdown's been so far yeah um yeah it was quite nice yesterday robert wasn't it we were uh, i came around so there's a few of us sitting in the garden with a wee fire pit there it was great so I was, that's, a, that's a wee segue for I you probably, yeah, i was about to say i should really introduce you guys before we get right into it so yep robert brogan of course you're back uh and gordon webster good evening mr barry there we Hello. go there we go Hello. so uh yeah okay fran now that we've done the introductions you can talk about Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Aye, so basically, um, uh, I'd mentioned on a couple of the last of these Thursday podcasts about, or the shorter weekly ones rather, that um, I've been catching up on things I haven't seen so much, and I'd mentioned Mad Men. Uh, I've got up to, to midway through season three now, and, you know, there's a lot you could say about the show. I mean, it's one of the, it's got to be up there as one of the best shows on that's ever been on TV. It's kind of like, you know, it's in that top ten kind of TV pro TV series, you know, ever I would say. Um, you know, it's following the character of Donald Draper, who is this sort of um, lightning in a bottle advertising guy who's able to to pull things out of the air and and you know really kind of crystallize ideas and it seems to push a sort of futuristic, a kind of a future. He kind of sees the future almost, and he's able to to market things to people in a way that that none of the people around him are able to conceive of. But what's interesting, what I find most interesting about the series is how it takes you through the sort of early sixties to the mid sixties to the late sixties, and you can see how it's going to go into the seventies and and a little bit into the seventies. I'm not sure how far, but it's the, it's how society changes as you're watching. So you see the introduction of television becoming common. Like you see how, even though it was the sixties, I mean, obviously you had the civil rights movement in the sixties, but when a lot of people think about African Americans, you think about slavery and things like that. Like you know, you and maybe you have a, a knowledge of Martin Luther King and the civil rights, but you don't really know day to day what it would have been like to be the, to be a black guy in the states. Then, like you know, the show is set in New York, and and people are polite to black people and they treat them quite nicely in New York. Do you know what I mean? It's not like Alabama or somewhere like that, but they still do certain jobs like they're the lift operators or they're the the catering people or the you know they're all all like lower level staff um so you see a lot of that it's really interesting and and you know that kind of opened my eyes a bit to to something i think mad men probably did that for people because i don't think a lot of people would have until you see it in a serialized television program you don't really realize what someone's experience is. Like, I don't think a movie can do that quite as well as a serialized show, take you to a time and a place, and the story goes on and on and on. Like, you see relationships. Like, there's a 
one of the ad guys goes out with a black girl and like he's kind of a bohemian kind of guy like a, he wants to write plays for theater and he's kind of really you know academic lefty type of guy you know but he's dating this black girl um and there's a girl in the office who used to date him and she says oh i never pegged him as open-minded straight to the face of the black girl like she says that and then there's another point where he is his black girlfriend's asking him to go down to the midwest to protest some i think it's some of the, the laws down there and the way people were treated black people and he's scared to go in case he gets shot but he eventually goes you know it's just things like that that you you wouldn't get from a history book you know mm-hmm. yeah. it's just it, but but i think it opens it opens your eyes to the fact that there's black people alive today who will have grown up as kids then and you might have some very old black people who who that was their life yeah they remember that world now you might look around at 18 to 20 year old black folk and say well you know what's your experience nowadays compared to what you know blah 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 but the, 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 there's a lot of black people around who've had all kinds of different experiences you know like you've got young black kids today who are getting in the states who are getting hammered by cops mm-hmm. you know um but then again you've got your maybe their grandparents were looked down upon mm-hmm. you know what i mean in, in new york or maybe you know they weren't allowed to marry someone in in the midwest do you know what i mean so there's all this different experience that people you know if you haven't lived it you don't know it so you have to try and find something that you're going to read or see that's going to help you understand you know so i think it's great for that reason in particular yeah that's kind of what i'd heard about that show that it's a fantastic time capsule for each period to to kind of really kind of let people see what what elements of what society was like at different times and it captures it quite well as well as the fact that apparently it's i've heard it's very captivating in terms of the actual main character and the dynamics and things Uh like that um so uh, yeah it makes me really want to watch it actually what i've heard i've not heard many bad things about that show yeah john ham is it john ham yeah and he's great he's brilliant he's actually great i mean i I don't want to say too much about it and and actually i haven't said much about you know it's obvious there's going to be stuff about women as well there's and you know and in fact the way men have to behave because they've got a social code that they have to follow as well like basically if you weren't constantly drinking all day and smoking permanently you weren't a real man so in order to appear a real man you had to sacrifice your your health effectively so there's all these things that you know you could i i think i chose the the race one because it's probably the one that i knew the least about do you know what i mean and that's the thing that i've got the most kind of value in terms of learning something from it but there's so many other aspects to it the history you know again there's other groups of people who you know it's fascinating to see them the nuclear family the cold war you name it it's all there it's incredible yep Excellent. Okay, looking forward to your continual updates on the progress of the show. Cool. Awesome. Robert, let's come to you then. Uh, what's What's been happening? What have you been watching? Uh, not a great deal. Like in the last week at least. I, I, can I just ask, Fran, is that the first time you've seen Mad Men or is this a rewatch? Uh, that is the first time. Oh, cool. Right. Yep. Yeah. I know I need to watch that. That's on my unbelievably long list. Yeah, <laughs> of things to watch, you know. Too, yeah. I'm slowly getting my way through Band of Brothers, you know. I, I put it on there just before coming. I thought I was quite far in when I stuck on the thing. I'm still on only in episode four. That's pretty <laughs> pathetic. They're, right? they're long episodes, aren't they? They're yeah. actual like mini films, really. Each one. No, they're super, but again, superb. You know, really enjoying it. Not really seen too much. I don't know if I mentioned the last time one of the things, one of the things I'm going to sat about watching um, Napoleon Dynamite. Did I mention that the last time? Did we talk about that? 
I don't yeah. think so. Um, having, have you all seen Napoleon Dynamite? Have you seen yeah. that film? Yeah. yeah. When I watched that again last week, and it's just, I think it just gets better and better every year, and I think it's a great film. You yeah. know, it's just. I remember enjoying it. It's such a strange film. It's got a, a yeah. kind of original sense of humour. Like, it's really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's something just so comical about the... What's, is John Summon that the actor's name? What is it again? Plays Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I can't even John Is it, it's his expression, the, the big old-style yeah. glasses and his expression, it's like, yeah. I just uh-huh. like his jaw I gave. There's something just... It's yeah. something very endearing about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I think it's I think it's an unbelievably rewatch it over and over again. And the more you watch it, the better it gets. You know, yeah. And every character's been quite well thought out. And I like it. I like it. And it's quite a nice wee film as well. Once it gets to the end, it's you know quite a Aye. nice satisfying ending. You know, and it's mm-hmm. you know, Aye. It's, quite quite a, it's quite an intelligent comedy. I think there's probably yeah, more, more more going on than your sort of general comedies that you would get around that time. Yeah. But um, in terms of watching anything else, well, I mean, since last week, when I, if I'm sitting about the girlfriend's house, right, I've, I've watched an unbelievably large amount of things like The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Dallas Cheerleaders, <laughs> and Come Dine With Me. That's opening you know, your, my... open your, your mind to different... Uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean... It's not, oh not, not, not your favourite, is it? Does it stack oh. up against Band of Brothers? No. <laughs> so what I actually do is I just kind of get the iPad on and sit and read my magazines and something or that when that's on, you know. But you can't help but be drawn towards the telly and you actually get to know these lunatics that are on, on these TV. I mean, it's absolute. In fact, do you know who's on one of these um, Real Housewives? Remember that actress Denise Richards? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It was in like um, Starship Troopers and James Bond. The world is not enough. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's one of these housewife folks, you know. And she actually come across weirdly. She come across actually relatively normal compared to like, but it's it's, it's the absolute worst. Oh, yeah. It's depressing. It's depressing. The worst TV in the universe, you know. Watching folk arguing. Oh, it's just. The only the only good episode of Come Down with Me was the one with Colin Baker. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. Now, the interesting thing about Colin Baker, I'm, I'm quite, I've been quite lots and lots of Doctor Who conventions, right? Many, many years ago. Now, Colin what? Baker was what Doctor the Fifth, Sixth, Fourth? Sixth. Sixth. Yeah. So Colin Baker is like, um, he uh, is it. Colin Baker is at the opening of an envelope, right? He kind of, he's at every convention ever, right? And he will, he's at every Comic Con, Collector Mania. He's there signing autographs. Now, fair enough, people have got to make a living. If you want to sit there and, you know, fair play, if you if you have a minor role in some sort of film and you can turn up at a convention or whatever it is and sit in queues of people will be sitting waiting to pay you 10, 15, 20 quid per autograph, right, you're not going to say no. I know. It's an absolute, you just be like, I will do it. But he is at everything, right? No disrespect to the guy. He's a lovely guy. I've met him a few times and he's really nice. One of the things he used to really go on about conventions was the absolute terrible state of British TV, reality TV, how crap it was, mm. all this stuff, absolutely diabolical, you know, just the worst. And then what does he do? He becomes the absolute king of these, t- you know, he's been on, he's one, he one come down with me, he's on everything. He's been on every reality TV show, right? And at one convention after that, you know, he's, he was kind of talking about it and somebody said to him, did you not used to say... You know, these things where I mean, it's just, you put your hands right there. Look, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> all right? I'm a hypocrite, okay? I admit it. I admit yeah. it, right? Does that I mean that's the thing? You've got to make money. 
It's a strange one. Like, I mean, I, he isn't known outside of it. I don't know. I know him from anything else other than Doctor Who. So I suppose it's really well, well, yeah, propelled it's... into the limelight, and then suddenly it's like you need you expect a certain lifestyle that you've obviously got used to for a short period of time, and then it's kind of like, yeah. well, I can't well, say somebody yeah. say somebody came to you and said, "Here's two hundred thousand pound to appear on I'm a Celebrity," right? Mm. And you spent five years dissing it. I would be like, "Sign me up, man!" Like I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> even think twice about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, then I would, and then I would say, why are you asking me? Do you know what I mean? I I, that would be my next question. Yeah. I wonder if I mean, he ever appeared at campus when we were students. That might have been one part of his... Colin Baker, did he? No, he's saying maybe. Who knows? All right. He probably would have done. I reckon he, it's a, if, if that was on his list, he would have done it, wouldn't he? Yeah. It's funny when you see the list of... The, the Empire Magazine has a big back page of all the different conventions, and it's got like... And it's like the pictures they use for them, and it's like they're usually like a, an extra and an alien outfit sort of thing. And it's like he's appearing, the guy mm. from Star Wars yeah. and the, the and Greedo. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Greedo, yeah, yeah. Oh, these yeah. kind of yeah. it's like these kind of very minor characters. But like, oh, it's unbelievable! The absolute king was Power Droid, right? I don't know how well you know <laughs> Star Wars. You know the wee thing that's on screen for two seconds and it goes, oh, yeah. oh, right. Yeah. That that guy. Yeah. That person, you know? you know, and in fact, again, you know, there's, there's an absolutely brilliant. Uh, sorry to get sidetracked. There's a superb um, sidetracked is what uh, these podcasts are. The, the, the yeah, yeah. That's the name yeah. of the podcast, actually. You have to sidetrack to be honest. Yeah. There's um there's a superb documentary which uh, it's not on YouTube. I don't think it is. I think my pal Brian he bought it, and it's, it's, it's I think it's called Star Wars seventy six or something like that, right? And it's it's just amazing. It's a real background thing about what happened and things like see the guy that ended up playing Biggs in um oh, yeah. Star Wars and most yeah. of his scenes get cut. I think what happened was he was literally walking down London at some point and there's just some sign, you know, casting and he walked up the street and George Lucas is sitting there. That's the way they kinda of did these things in Soho, you know, some sign pointing up some lane and you know, you're up and you sit but anyway, a lot of these guys that um were in Star Wars that were like uh, you know, in the in, in the scene where they're going through the Death Star plans and the battle and all that, and say, this is what we need to do and all this kind of stuff. So a lot of those guys who were on screen for, like, nanoseconds have, you know, they, they're on this documentary talking about how they go to conventions and, you know, the people who, who sort of properly acted in the roles were kind of giving them a bit of a hard time, you know. But again, you know, you're, you're in this film, what, fucking 40-odd year ago, and people will pay money pay you money for your autograph. I mean, why would you say no? I know, just, I know. It's a no-brainer. It's weird because I've seen, I follow a few of the cast of Buffy just because that's the kind of fan of Buffy mm. I am. Nicholas Brendan is oh. one of these guys. He yeah, obviously yeah, had, he's, yeah. had, he's had his troubles, let's put it that I way. Know, we'll go into I know, it, that's great, yeah. He's kind of, yeah. he's sort of trying to get himself back, but his main yeah. thing, focus now is going into, he's doing the convention circuit, like, full-time, proper, like, yeah. and um, he does a lot of little personal shows as well and he enacts loads yeah. of scenes from Buffy and things like that but he also yeah. does he also like advertises random photos from the cast like he'll he's in a photo from season one it's like 15 pounds by this you know and it's signed photo of whatever mm-hmm. uh, and it's um but yeah I, it's funny just to see like the kind of it's like a full-time career. You, you, I sort of initially just thought of it something oh, I'll do it on my wee Sunday but it's obviously for certain actors that's that's their <laughs> career. And but they, actually, where I was going with it was um like a lot of the comments on the Facebook that he's got are like 
flood with just people that are so happy that he's made their lives better because they're so happy to meet him and talk to him and he's very mm-hmm. congenial and all this kind of stuff so like there's a way to look at it and be so cynical and kind of derisive about it but it, if it makes people feel better and he's also got money coming in because of it then it isn't really a yeah. bad thing it's um, actually i wanted to check with gordon like because we are talking about a lot of sci-fi conventions mm-hmm. and stuff is there a convention scene for James Bond? Well, the, the, the conventions that Bond I've seen in the Empire one, I bet you if I was to pull out one of the Empires, there's about four actresses or actors from Bond that are all, it's, it's they've amalgamated, it's all pop culture. Cartoons, Bond, gladiators, everyone's in there. Like these conventions are, so they, they've spread uh, themselves so thin. But have you ever met mm. any, Gordon? Have you ever gone to meet any of these folk before? No, it's just that it's never really occurred to me, believe it or not. I mean, with me, it's always been about watching the films and reading the books. Yeah. I've, I don't know. It's, I don't think you get a lot of that up here. That's the thing. Obviously, the closest I came to was that James Bond exhibition, which you were at. I think both of you guys were at. But, well, they do. But yeah, they do have some. Yeah. Like like, James Bond specifically, I don't think there's much of that now, but it's general Glasgow Comic Con is a thing. Um, and there's a few sort of events like that. You know, we we should totally to take a microphone and go as capiche. That would be amazing. Now that we've got yeah, a platform to, to make something out of it, I would go because it's actually quite oh. pricey just to go <laughs> and get photos and, and meet people like for two seconds. And obviously a pandemic now, God knows it'll be, who knows when it'll actually be now when it actually could happen again because you're not going to be able to shake their hands or anything. Now, interestingly, talk, that's, a, that's a very good point actually, but, but talking about Bond and stuff, um, I was at a convention down in Newcastle, it must have been in 2007 ish or six or thereabouts, and Honor Blackman was there. Ah, uh, Honor Blackman. Yeah, she, yeah. She, 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 had been, she was in Doctor Who, she was in a pretty awful story called Terror of the Vervoids, which is one of, which is one of Colin Baker's last stories. But she was there, and obviously she was talking about her time, and like, I can't remember any specific, but. She we did a wee tribute to her on one of our last Bond podcasts. Obviously, just passed away not too long ago. Yeah, um, sure, yeah. but she, we kind of all remarked that her her like role, obviously, goal, um, pus, uh, pussy galore, obviously, sort of sh- was the main thing everyone would know her from. But she was right. actually good in that film, and it was a it was yeah. for, for the sixties. It was actually a really interesting more nuanced character than they were had before so i don't know I, you know i've not seen a lot of her stuff but she seemed like a lovely person yeah she did um okay uh gordon then we come to you what's uh what you've been up to what you've been watching i love how we all watch so many different things you know different different genres we, we watch even a bit of reality tv as well you know just <laughs> because and that's the thing when i watch films i try to watch a little bit of everything this time like a couple a couple of them the same don't want to take a bit longer because I, I was I was gonna make it was gonna form quite an interesting discussion about bad films, but I'll I'll come to the better one first. The, have any of you guys seen Grand Isle? It's quite a new one with Nicolas Cage. Grand Isle. Yeah. Never heard of it. I don't even know if it was in the cinema. I discovered it in Sky Cinema. And... I've not heard of that either. Is, is that is that quite recent then? Is I know that... I know that he did a lot of straight to sort of Netflix type films or straight to DVD style films just because. Yeah. But he's, he's, had, he's had a few hits recently, but yeah, mostly his career's been very much in the latter, kind of straight to TV type stuff. I saw that man, was it Mandy? That's no. meant to be good. That's meant to be the yeah. biggest hit in a while. Um, I've heard it's a very, very strange film. Very strange. Yeah, I've heard it. He's, I've heard he's really good. Sorry, Gordon, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking about? oh yeah, well, it, was a, it was a good film. I quite a decent thriller. Some of the other acting wasn't so great. 
there was uh, Kelsey Grammer as a police chief who wasn't so great. That was a bit of an odd choice. Really? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, Kelsey Grammer. I've heard things about him that he's not maybe the. I've heard things that he's maybe sometimes a bit temperamental and things like that. But as an actor, I always thought he was quite a stellar actor. Is he not? Did not cast right for that role then? No, it 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 didn't come across believable as a police chief. Yeah, he, he got a bit better towards the, the end of the film where he did have to act more. It was strange. He was um one of the main characters. I I had hadn't heard this actor. I didn't think he was very good. A guy called Luke Benward. Do you heard of him? Uh, no, he's not. He wasn't that great. He was he was basically some young guy that um who he was doing a job for Nicholas. Cage, Nicholas Cage was a fairly rich ex-army uh, veteran, quite a troubled guy, an alcoholic, and he's doing work in his house, and just as a tradesperson, and there's a storm and something pretty terrible happens in the house, and um, he thinks that Cage and his wife might have something to do with these two girls that have gone missing, and it turns quite violent, and basically it, it keeps having these flashbacks between uh, Kelsey Grammer's detective and him in the, the holding room, like the interrogation room and the guy's still covered with this This is meant to be after the whole adventure's happened he keeps flashing back to when he was at the house and he's covered in all these open wounds and I thought, surely they would clean someone up before they take him in to get interrogated by the police chief, it was quite weird it was, it was, no, it was a good film it, kept, it was quite mm-hmm. thrilling, it kept me in the, the edge of my seat Cage actually, I thought, it acted quite well but the others, not so much Good music in it as well. Yeah, I, I was it was quite a fun past a good you know hour and a half, two hours. Quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't last, know. I like last Cage. Deal, last yeah, deal. I like Nicholas Cage. I've not seen him too much. For me, his his peak is always The Rock. I like him in Face Off as well. He's, I think he's more of a oh, he was in and there was a well in more recent years a more serious role. Oh, forget the name of it. He plays a a. A nave, it's a true story. The Indianapolis one, the the USS Indianapolis, is quite good in that as well. Wild at Heart, that's that's my favourite Nicolas Cage film. Oh, my guilty pleasure is Con Air. Yeah, yeah Con Air was one I was going to mention. Uh, there are certain circumstances you can watch that in which you'll nearly die laughing. You know, it, uh, it's uh, I, I love it. See if I ever feel down. Sometimes I put on a film like that and just sit and just laugh, laugh your head off at it. The thing uh, is, like. It's films that are so earnest, and Nicolas Cage is a funny actor, right? Because there's yeah. there's a lot of memes of Nicolas Cage where he does. It's not like he overacts, it's, but it's this kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's like he's sort of wailing almost, like there's a kind of weird uh, thing that he does. Well, it's that famous video of the compilation of all his freakouts. You know, the video is literally called Nicolas Cage losing his shit, and yeah. it's just a compilation of him going insane. Uh, so he's obviously got that kind of rep for doing that. I, I can't tell if it's overreacting or he is, because he's such an intense guy. If you see him in interviews, he takes himself very seriously. He's not quite, it's like a very thin line between being completely in on the joke and actually just being really, really taking your, your craft so seriously that you become this frantic kind of persona on, on set and you're kind of like obviously freaking out all the time and things like that. And it's hard to tell with him because I've listened to some interviews and it, he doesn't sound like he's completely in on it, but I think he's now starting to. I've seen a video of him talking about his career, one of those Vanity Fair videos where they get an actor and just go through their career. And uh, his is really interesting because it's it's really 
fun to hear him just talking about the roles because he he's not the kind of guy that usually I think reflects a lot on that stuff. But it's quite it was quite interesting hearing his his thought process as to why he acted a certain way and stuff like that. Um, those videos are I think great. He's quite genuine. I think the way he does it is, I think he's I think he, like, that's what I'm saying. I think, I don't think he, I think he's genuine in a sense that he really, he really, like, gets right into the character. Like, he he is that, he's more like a method style. Um, But it's like, on screen, you're seeing a, (laughs) like, crazy manic persona sometimes. And it's, yeah. But yeah, he's a fun actor. He's definitely one of a kind. There's not many people like Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah if, you've not, if you've not seen Wild at Heart, I'd recommend it. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's cool. a really, it's a David Lynch film. Absolutely superb. David Lynch no. is one of these directors that I can barely tick off any of the films that he's made. Like I actually am struggling. He's the Fly, isn't he? No, that was David Cronenberg. I see. I get mixed up. So I yeah. have I've seen the Fly, but what is David? What is David Lynch? Um, is the, the Elephant Man Eraserhead? Yep, not seen them. Um, was that some something about the Long Road or something like that as well? Quite, quite a sort of slow paced. Did he do Twin Peaks? Yes. Right, I haven't yeah. seen that either. <laughs> I know. So. I've, not, I've not seen much of his stuff. Actually, David Lynch, if memory serves, sorry for going back to Star Wars again, I'm pretty sure he was sort of up for was it Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? Partly. Interesting. One of the kind of one of the on, on the list. Aye, I didn't know that. To direct. Yeah, interesting. Um, but but Wilder Hearts actually is, is a good film. Nicholas Cage is absolutely superb in it. Yeah, and Laura Dern's in it as well. She's brilliant. I like Laura She's Dern. Brilliant. Like her in Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent, Gordon. Is that uh, is that the thing you've watched? There was not much more. Well, no. Um, I just think so. I just so know. I thought. Well, I thought it'd be an interesting subject. Really bad films is something we've not really touched on much. Films that are just so bad, right? Um, <laughs> I think Fran will love this. <laughs> I love it. Watch this, Fran. We, well, um, I, I don't know why he's even got this. My brother somehow is a DVD of Teen Wolf Two. Do you remember I mentioned <laughs> at the tail end of a recent podcast, Teen Wolf, with Michael J. Fox? I mean, I can't remember. I'll remember yeah, when I, I went. I went to see Teen Wolf in the cinema. Have you, the first you one. saw it, right? Have, yeah. have you seen Teen Wolf Two? I haven't. I haven't. No. Don't I think I know it. why that is, though. You know, I think I avoided it deliberately. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you something. It says it all in that it's meant to be the same character, but he's not even played by Michael J. Fox. It's Jason uh, Bateman, who Steve used to oh, yeah. has actually gone on to do decent films. But, well, I mean, there's some bad films. I mean, we spoke at length about Dying Are Forever, Die Another Day. This is an utter abortion of a film. It's terrible. <laughs> it's shocking. The, the acting the acting is so bad. Jason um, Bateman. <laughs> I think that to be fair, like maybe his first ever role, but it doesn't even it tries to basically completely recycle the plot from the first team move. And, mm. and and you know they're so lazy. They actually the filmmakers actually portrayed him as Michael J. Fox's cousin that does the exact same thing. He turns into a wolf. And for, for some reason, Michael J. Fox's character's dad seems to be driving him to school, even though he's meant to be his uncle. And uh, it was just, it was one of these films, me and my brother were just praying for the end to come. It was that bad. He just sort of dared it. He was like, this is a dare. We're going to watch this film. Or this, this is like a challenge to actually sit through this film. And uh, some, it, it's, it's lazy. Um, the sets are poor. It's not. It tries to be funny. It's not funny, not even for a second. And it's it's just so dull. 
yeah. it's so boring. It's so dull. The acting's so terrible. It is. It follows almost the exact same formula as the first one, and they can't even. They they weren't even able to get Michael J. Fox to come back. They just thought, well, I don't even know why they would even think of making a sequel to that film. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it's quite possibly the worst film I've ever seen. I mean, the only, the only um, maybe let's, you let's set a sort of like like let's set the bar here. What we what we the like the bar of Super Mario Brothers and Batman and Robin. Where is it? Is it below them? Is that the standard we're talking about? Well, I've never seen either of them. Um, I'll tell you two films Don't. that stick in my memory because they're so appallingly bad. With uh, Ryan Reynolds, Safe House, Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington. Mm. Have anyone seen that? Uh, no. no. I've heard of it, but I've seen it. But listen, That's by the way, see if you want best. to see a bad, a bad film that will make you laugh, by the way. <clears throat> There's one called, I think it's called either The Fan or The Fanatic. I've got it somewhere. It's John Travolta, and it only came out like a couple of years ago. But basically, it's a, like John Travolta plays this incredibly obsessed fan who like meets his, his, the star he wants to see. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. He's living in, in LA, and he works as like an actor, on this, like one of those street actors that does things. And he, But anyway, um, it gets to the point where, I don't even know if I want to say, right? But... There was bits in the film where I had to pause it. I, I couldn't. I, I had tears streaming out my eyes with laughter. Do you know what I mean? From some of the things, and John Travolta, like you think to yourself, what is he thinking while he's playing this character? Like, does he think he's actually doing a good job here? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, some. I mean, I, what stage I, of Travolta's career we talking? Was this pre Pulp Fiction? Well, no, no, it's only a couple of years old. It's a very recent film. God, his career really has tanked, hasn't it? The thing is, it's beautiful though. The film itself is weird. Like it's weird. Like do you know, do you want to know the weirdest bit? Do you know who the director is? Hmm. Fred Durst. What? No way. And he actually, Limp Biscuit, I think, actually, or Fred Durst music actually appears in the film at one point. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, I knew that he is big. He directed by the way, music videos and stuff. See if I'm wrong about this. Like. Don't judge me too much. I might have connected it in my mind with another terrible movie that I was thinking about. Why, why don't you check quickly on Wikipedia? What's the name of the film? Um, I'll check. A fact check here and there is okay. We're not all experts, you know. While we're waiting, the worst film I've ever seen, well, second worst film I've ever seen at the cinema many years ago, King Ralph. Never heard of it. Is that John, John Goodman? Oh. The guy from Roseanne? Yeah. I mean, John Goodman is usually good, but he's, he's good as a supporting character. Uh, I'm going to step in to say I was right. Oh, God. What's this film called, right. Fran? The Fanatic. Wow. When did it come out a couple of years ago? It came out um, in... Uh, let me just check the I Fanatic. Really, I really I kind of want to see it now. <laughs> I, no I think one. it was more than a couple of years ago. It was about 10 years ago, Fran. Um, let's see. No, 2019. Fuck. What? That's last year yeah honestly like see if you want a laugh right robert see with your girlfriend right and steve we Anne, right what you should do is you should get it right and then just sit down and say i've got this quite cool film to watch with you and just put it on don't say anything oh, right I, would, I, would, I wouldn't do that to her like honestly what did you watch it on or did you download it yeah oh, i don't like doing that we're not but I would say you could have an evening of watching Paint and Dry, or you could have an evening of watching Team Wolf 2, or you could watch Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard Butler. I think that's 
utterly shambolic. <laughs> I've seen it, but I don't, I don't think I will. No, I, I just, I honestly don't really like him as an oh. actor. He just has a constant expression throughout the film. You know, he's just trying to look tough and just um, blowing people away. I mean, any mm. movie with a guy from Paisley in it called Law Abiding Citizen is going to be nuts in it. I mean, yeah, and I actually of... remember there was people when it came out. I'm sure I heard people talking about it as if it was good, but I still expected it might be half decent. I think he's embraced that persona of I'm in these really bad, silly, stupid films, yeah. but I'm getting paid a lot and it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, but yeah. I remember that film. It was really bad. Showgirls. I've not seen that for a long time. I've not seen it. It's diabolical, right? But there's an actor in it. Remember, he he was sort of like Ewan McGregor clone, Max, somebody. He's quite quite a famous TV actor. Anyway, Max Beasley. He sounds familiar. No. Anyway, what he said, somebody said, "Why why did you make that film?" He said, "Paid my mortgage." Uh, well, that, yeah, that is the that is the reason why most actors do it. A lot of them want to do an aspiring indie sort of. Um, alternative weird film but they know that they can't have a career by constantly doing these kind of films so oh, they have to do one for the studio it's like the famous expression one for the studio one for me one for the studio one for me that money from the studio that pays all the big bucks that is really silly and is a bit of a risk is then going to pay off them get to do the real thing they want to do absolutely and think about it if you get rich enough right you could then spend the next 20 years of your career doing whatever movies you want yeah yeah. 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 Excellent, Gordon. So, thanks for bringing the the recommendation of the bad films uh, that we <laughs> to see. Uh, I think it's a great idea. By the way, I'm in full support of doing like an episode where we try and where we discuss yeah. some really terrible, like, but also like films that are so bad they're good. I think it's a great idea. I was just going to say, see, Fran already brought a bond. I, I noted recently that. Roger Spottiswood, who did Tomorrow Never Dies, he also directed Turner and Hooch with Tom Hanks. Do you remember that film? Yeah. Comedy yeah. With him and the dog. The dog, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he started off doing those sort of films, maybe, but. Yeah. Now, see, I actually think about Teen Wolf. Teen yeah. Wolf wasn't, was like, sort of regurgitated into the cinema a bit after Back to the Future, if, if I'm right. I could be wrong, but, you know. I think it was that, the same year. Yeah, yeah I, so I, I wasn't sure which came. Yeah, first. but but he had that. Well, Teen Wolf was made first. I'm 99% sure of that because that's why it got thrown back into the cinema once Michael J. Fox became a big star with that. With Back to the Future, they sort of threw that back out. You know, it's sort of if he hadn't made Back to the Future, I'm pretty sure it would have disappeared into. I could be wrong, actually. I, I could be wrong with that. I know that, that was um, my impression at the time on Back to the Future, he got that lo- role really late. He replaced an actor. I can't remember who his name was. Um, at the very Eric, last minute, Eric, it was Eric Stoltz. Was it right? And, fact, uh, it, so it, 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 they'd actually filmed scenes. They, they had this, this, they'd actually filmed quite a lot of the uh, film already with yeah. Eric Stoltz in it. And. Michael J. Fox was so eager to do the role that he did it while, I can't remember if it was the film Teen Wolf or a television series he was on at the time, where he was working was a, He was working for like two weeks or three weeks straight of going yeah, from during okay. like a 10 or 12 hour shift during the day filming the scenes and then at night time yeah. working all the way through the night doing Back to the Future and then doing that yeah. back to back so he barely I, slept for like however long the film yeah. he was doing Back to the Future. It was, a, it was a TV series, it was like a massive smash in America, it was like um I don't know if I had the word family in the title or something, but it Married was... Married Children, maybe, or something? Like no, that. no, no, no. That, that, that was... What's his name? Yeah. Ed O'Brien. Quite an amazing achievement, considering how fresh oh, and, yeah, yeah, and energetic yeah. he was in that film. Yeah. you think you'd be... Yeah. Every scene, you'd be like, oh, just kill me yeah. now. But, uh, yeah, so, Gordon, is there any more, or do you want me to 
talk about no, that's that's all really good stuff uh i've watched one film that is a very kind of recent film in the last three years it's a marvel film mc the one of the mcu's films it's thor ragnarok that's the third thor film <laughs> i know that yeah. i'm not really in amongst big marvel fans i don't think i don't robert are you are you at all into the marvel films at all very much so very yeah much you are right, okay. uh, yeah absolutely yeah definitely um yeah so that one do you like that one i thought it was superb yeah um i thought it was hilarious yeah it'd be based on sort of planet hulk uh-huh. comic book yeah uh you know obviously took bits of that out of it um, have you actually read? Have you ever read the Planet Planet? No, Hulk? I must confess, I've never read a comic. I've I've ever read oh. one Batman yeah. weird one that someone gave me, but I couldn't finish it because there was barely any words in it. It was just weird alternate pictures. It was a bit strange for me for my first well, comic. Well, the Planet Hulk sort of you know bunched together graphic novel of all the comics is superb. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's a it's a massive epic tale. You know, and it's the um the the thing behind it, unlike the Marvel concept of the movies is what's happened is the Illuminati have got together and decided that the Hulk is far too dangerous a risk to have on Earth. <laughs> He's just too dangerous. So the, the Illuminati is like Doctor Strange, uh, Reed Richards at the Fantastic Four, Black Panther, um, Iron Man, a couple of folk like that. They decided to trick the Hulk into um, go flying into outer space and fixing some satellite or something like that that yeah. nobody else could do then what happens is they, they decide to try and send them somewhere but it goes wrong and he ends up ending on this planet so it's a bit more convoluted than the Ragnarok thing but it's similar-ish you know? I think they obviously take the elements of what they wanted from it and then they kind oh, of mix it in with the main Marvel storyline really well oh, they've so, done it brilliantly yeah. they've done it amazingly it's think- so good and it's um, the director is Taika Waititi, so mm-hmm. um, this sort of I think New Zealand director. I think he yeah. is kind of known for his comedies. If you've watched, um, I think is it Into the Shadows? Did he do that or no? I'm thinking, oh, A Hunt for the Wilder People. He did that, and he also did um, Death of Stalin, which was yes. a couple of years ago. And he's got a really oddball kind of surrealist kind of s- silly sense of humor. It's kind of uh, it's dry and it's it's sardonic. I, I, I really like it. Um, yeah. Marvel obviously are known for being quite light and comedic, right? They have moments where they're definitely dark, and they mix it. I think, I think tonally they get it right. But this film is where they leaned. It's more of a comedy than any other yeah. any of the Marvel films. It's an actual comedy mm-hmm. that just happens to have massive CG action scenes and some pathos. I think one of the main things is it actually has some of the darkest shit in that film, but it plays it off really light because the tone is like they kind of light it like. Thor grows through a lot of fucking shit. Some serious mm. crap happens to him. That it's like it's a fucked up. The film's hilarious because it takes him on a mad journey, and it's like a mad Technicolor psycho yeah. dream secret. You know, there's a lot of weird it stuff is. going on. Um, no, it's great. But it's done in this kind of light style, which mostly works. There's points where you think maybe they should have actually they take away from some of the drama because they. Uh, <laughs> But then they use it again in the next film because obviously a continuation of the story. But as a film, it's a fun film. Um, mm-hmm. Me and Anne watched it. We were watching the MCU films. And it's been interesting kind of gauging her reaction. She likes certain films more than I do. And she likes the standalone films better. Whereas I like the big the Avengers films when they're all together. Um, so her fa- her favourites are things like Black Panther and Doc- uh, Doctor Strange and the sort of standalone films mostly. She does not like Iron Man. She finds him irritating. Um, <laughs> and 
so this film she was not get she just didn't like it at all the first third of it she was just like i'm really i could see her clutching her phone and things like that but as the film went on it kind of got a lot more in it kind of the humor started coming through and she was really into the story and she's actually started caring about the characters and it won her over by the end of it um but yeah and, and the soundtrack is fucking phenomenal absolutely brilliant uh, led zeppelin plays a couple of times so good so yeah i highly recommend it it was one of my favorites from 2017 when it came out um, yeah. but yeah it's definitely on my recommended films list for this uh podcast uh, yeah yeah definitely so i'm looking forward now because we're actually now close to infinity war which is my favorite of the yeah. marvel films i know i'm yeah. speaking to two other people who are not into the marvel films at all well, uh, i wouldn't <laughs> say i'm not it's not that i'm not into them i mean i've watched them all yeah. and i've enjoyed them but i think you know there are certain i, I don't know there's little moments that lose me i think um you know going to the cinema to see them i never really did that i wish i had actually you know yeah. going to the cinema to see them because i think yeah. that's where yeah, i would I, have... I made a point of going to see them in the cinema yeah, yeah. Well, not all of them to be fair most of uh, i've missed a couple of them but not all yeah i've missed yeah, a few I, but thor thor is absolutely gorgeous the visually is amazing like it's just a i know you're talking it, about the movie or thor Oh well, let's. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's. A, he's, a, he's. He's not. He's, you could not see he's a bit of a dish. Like the guy is. He's a. He's a good-looking guy. I'm a bit jealous when I watch it. Um, and they have a couple of scenes where they try and show that, you know, which is fair. But um, the the film visually is it's so colourful, and I know it's CG, right? And a lot of people just instantly just cannot be bothered with it, and I can get it, like because you're not looking at. You're not looking at a real stunt. You're not looking at a man jumping out of a plane and things like that. The practical side of it, which I definitely do also like. But for what they're trying to achieve, it's not bad CG. It works, especially in Thor. Um, well, I, I, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the I like the Marvel films. I think it's one of those things where I regret not having seen them in the cinema because that's where they were meant to be seen because they're such big spectacles. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, I mean, I enjoyed them. I liked watching the story as it developed and the ensemble parts of it. You know, maybe it lost me a wee bit sometimes with the humour. Like, on occasion, there were some I didn't think were, were as good as others. Like, um, oh, there definitely is. Like, there's definitely ones that just don't had, work as well. Like, um, Gardens of the Galaxy, I absolutely loved that. And then the second one, I didn't like it as much. But mm. then again, Gardens of the Galaxy Two was kind of a that was a film that had a purpose to it, which was to kind of bring them, yeah, you know, in, you know. So it wasn't quite the same. But you know, it's it's certainly not something where I would say I've got no interest at all. I think it's more. My, it's probably been mixed up with my disdain of the modern spectacle cinema, which I, I I have a little bit of disdain for that, but it's certainly not pointed at Marvel. And in fact, I think maybe Marvel's managed to kind of do it a bit better than, than a lot of other things have. Yeah, I think what they've done is amazing. I mean, like, The Avengers wasn't even the kind of main, you know, and I, I, I'm not a massive comic book reader. The kind of late 80s, I was right into the X-Men and stuff and all that kind of that was the That was the big comic at the time, and you know, like um, the Avengers, Iron Man. I'd only read a couple of issues of Iron Man, so for, so for them to make that a sort of lead film was quite interesting. You know, uh-huh. and it paid, it paid off though. I mean, you know what they've done in, in like you know these characters like Black Widow and you know Hawkeye and all these. But you know, obviously Spider. You, you think about you know even even the, the Hulk. You, you look at him, one of the ma- major Marvel characters. 
in a sense, woefully underused. But that's that's what's good about it. Uh, yeah, like, well, he he is yeah. underused because they don't have the rights to actually give him another film anymore. After the mm. they can't even add the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk that starred Edward Norton to the Disney Plus. So he's always going to be a side character. Uh, they can't give him yeah. an, an original film. Um, well, that's right, because the only way you can watch the Spider-Man movies are on... Um, Sony still owns Spider-Man's, the yeah. rights to Spider-Man. So they're on Now TV yeah. as well, or whatever it is, whatever platform yeah, it is. We had to skip Spider-Man. I'd showed, showed Anne Spider-Man before, and I love that. That's one of my favourites of the... It's in my top ten of the Marvel films, but I was wanting to rewatch it again, because we did both like it. But um, yeah, it's not available, so we had to skip it and go to Thor. And so the next one is Black Panther, which I love as well. I think Black Panther's phenomenal. The first time I watched it, I didn't quite as appreciate it. I didn't get it. Uh, it was only I was starting to just get into the films at that point. But on rewatching it, I think it's a brilliant film. So mm-hmm. some action, amazing action sequences. Uh, I think we're kind of near our time to go, so uh, I think we'll uh, have to end on that. That's some interesting recommendations and also ones definitely to avoid i would say <laughs> uh, yeah. so thanks for the uh, for that but yeah it's good having you guys join me once again we'll be back probably looks next week of course to give our next uh, weekly recommendations and i'll also start editing the last three because i know that they're not actually up yet so they'll be up they'll be um i'll be finishing one tonight and hopefully the, the rest will be up soon and that you can check them out on the website capiche.online that's k-a-p-w-e-s-h and also our podcasts are on spotify apple podcasts and soundcloud and a few other services that i'm not going to go through them all right now thanks guys for joining me we'll see you next time cheerio bye-bye bye thank you I just realised I didn't say my usual yo-yo-yo this time.